Good morning. Welcome to Bethlehem Lutheran Church, where God has called and gathered us here this day to receive his gifts through his word and through his sacrament. The Old Testament reading for the 22nd Sunday after Trinity is from Micah chapter 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. The Old Testament reading for the 22nd Sunday after Trinity is from Micah chapter 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 18th chapter. Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay... His master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused, and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. This is the gospel of the Lord.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you imagine owing someone 200,000 years worth of wages? Just how much money would that even be? Well, let's say that a person earns $25,000 in a year. Multiply that by 200000 and you get a whole lot of money. $5 trillion, if you're curious. As far as I can tell, that's more than even our government can manage to pay back, let alone one single person. And yet, that's how much the man in our parable for today owes to his king. If you translate it into today's dollars. And of course, the reality that the parable is trying to teach us about is that even that is nothing compared to what we owe our King, our Lord, and our God. Listen, therefore, and hear what Jesus has to say about this extraordinarily exorbitant debt and how we can get rid of it. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seven times seventy times. This parable is one of the nice ones because it's very clear what the point is. Jesus gives us the point right up front. This entire section of Matthew is an eminently practical section. Earlier in Matthew 18, we have probably the slightly less popular part, maybe, which is, what do you do when your brother sins against you? And what you do is you go and you talk to him. And then if that doesn't work, you go and you take someone else, and then you go and talk to him again. And then if that doesn't work, then you bring the whole church and you talk to him. And if that doesn't work either, finally, you treat him as an unbeliever. That is to say, someone who you reach out to with the gospel to try and bring to faith. And here, Peter is therefore kind of wondering along with this about this whole forgiveness thing. And so he asks a practical question. Lord, how often do I need to forgive my brother? And it's possible that he's talking about his brother Andrew, one of the other disciples, but more than likely he's talking about his brothers in general, that is to say his fellow disciples, fellow believers. How often do we need to forgive each other? Again, very practical question. And Jesus gives him a very impractical number. It's either 77 or 7 times 70, but the point is clear. You should always forgive your brother. Every time they ask for it, they get forgiveness. You shouldn't be counting, you shouldn't be keeping track. You should just forgive them. But Jesus isn't quite done yet making his point, and so he tells a parable to them. 
a parable that you're all likely at least somewhat familiar with. Listen one more time, therefore, and hear this parable again. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of compassion for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have mercy with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. The reality of our sinful world and our sinful lives and our sinful nature is that the debt that we owe to our God is unpayable for us. That's how bad we are. Every single one of us. According to our parables accounting, they say it's five trillion dollars of today's term, in today's terms. But according to the Lord's accounting, it is simply more than we could ever possibly pay. Even our own lives would not be enough to pay the debt of sin that we have accrued. It's an entire lifetime's worth of sin. Sin that we can do nothing about. However, while it is more than we can possibly pay, it is not more than what the king can forgive. Of course, the king did have to be just. He had to be righteous. He had to be good. And therefore, someone did have to pay that debt. And not just that debt for one person, but the debt for the entire world. Someone had to pay it. And the prince chose to follow the plan of his father and paid it with his own life. An innocent life, the life of the man who was God, Jesus, when he died on the cross, earned forgiveness for the world. He paid off the debt of sin for us that is simply incalculable and earned for us forgiveness, which is simply incalculable. The king and the prince had compassion 
on us. We're merciful to us, and therefore we are even now forgiven. We get this forgiveness when you hear the word of God telling it to you. The kids just got this forgiveness when they were baptized just moments ago. You all received that forgiveness when you were baptized. And that forgiveness stays with us forever through our baptism, through our word, and through the Lord's Supper. So then, now that the Lord has forgiven your debt, what are you going to do for others? Are you going to be like the, forgi- the unforgiving servant and end up thrown into hell? Because make no mistake, that is what this parable is saying. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. Which means forever, because we can't pay all of our debt. So, are you going to be like that? Or are you going to be like the merciful and compassionate king and prince and forgive those who sin against you? Recognize that even in the parable, the man's debt against the servant that he choked him for and threw him into prison for, it was not an insignificant amount. A hundred denarii is about a day's worth of wages but it is significantly less. And in fact, it is nothing compared to the debt that the servant owed to the king that was forgiven. And in the same way for you, the sin that your brother or sister sins against you, make no mistake, it's not insignificant in earthly terms, but when you're talking about the depths of sin that Christ has forgiven you, It is truly nothing. Perhaps, though, some questions are popping into your head like, well, how exactly do you know that you're supposed to forgive someone? Because, as you all likely know, we actually aren't supposed to just forgive everyone willy-nilly. We are only supposed to forgive people if they are repentant. And if they're not repentant, then we're not supposed to forgive them. And it really is that simple. But of course, then you're probably coming up with the question of, well, how do I know if they're actually repentant? Or if they're just faking, or if they're just kind of saying it to make it seem like everything's okay, but really they're not sorry at all. They really don't feel like they did anything wrong. How do you know? How do you know if you should forgive the person? And the answer is actually still fairly simple. If they ask for forgiveness, forgive them. And if they do not ask for forgiveness, then don't forgive them. Now you're probably thinking in your head, well, well, what if they're lying to me? What if, what if they really aren't sorry? What if they're not repentant? So what? We cannot judge the hearts of other people. The only things that we can judge are things that we can see, things that we can hear. And therefore, if someone asks for your, repent, for your forgiveness, take that 
and forgive them. And if they don't ask, assume they don't want it. Being a Christian means being willing to forgive. We must forgive those who have sinned against us and are repentant, no matter what. This is not some sort of optional thing that Jesus is telling us about here. Jesus is making it clear that we must, it's a command, we have to forgive those who have sinned against us. And they are repentant, no matter what. However, that does not necessarily mean that we forget. You might be interested to note that nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are supposed to forgive and forget. In fact, we know very clearly that here on earth, there are earthly consequences to sin. You all know that if you get caught speeding on the highway, even if you ask the cop for forgiveness and you come and you ask me for forgiveness or you pray and you ask God for forgiveness, you're still going to have to pay that ticket. An earthly consequence for your sin. And that is true of many sins. If you do things that you're not supposed to do with children, you won't be allowed to be around children anymore even if you are wholly and completely forgiven. If you hurt people that are close to you, you may not be able to live with them anymore, even if you are completely forgiven. As Christians, this is part of what we do when we try to help each other struggle to avoid temptation. If we know that someone struggles with alcoholism, we're not going to invite them to the bar. As Christians, we try to help each other do this, which means that we can't forget the sins. For we need to try and help each other struggle to avoid them, help each other get away from them, to not sin anymore. And at the same time, we need to protect the weakest among us, sometimes even from ourselves. And therefore, even if somebody is completely forgiven, and we really and truly mean that, there are some people that are just unqualified for working with children. This is a result of the sinful, dark world that we live in. That even though we are forgiven, there are some things that we can't forget. If we know that someone has a habit of calling the elderly and tricking them out of their money, we're not going to let them go and do an elderly visit with us. This is what we do because we care about the people around us. When Christ earned our forgiveness, he earned everyone's forgiveness. Make no mistake about it, no matter the worst sin that you can possibly think of in earthly terms, Christ is willing to forgive it in a repentant sinner. Whatever the worst thing you have done in your life, something that there is no doubt in your mind that you should be damned to hell for, Christ will, and in fact has, forgiven it.
This same forgiveness that Christ shared with you is what we share with the world. Where the world gets revenge, we forgive. Where the world calls in debts, we forgive. Where the world slanders, mocks, and tears down, we forgive. We do all of this because we love the people around us. And we love the people around us because Christ first loved us. Therefore, we will forgive our brothers as often as they need it. And thanks be to God, Christ will forgive us as often as we need it. And because we all have that forgiveness, there will come a day when we can forget sin. A day when we have all been perfected in glory and sanctified to the point where we will no longer sin, where we will no longer need to guard ourselves against it because we simply will not do it. May that day come quickly. May all our brothers and sisters in Christ and as many of the people in the world as possible be there with us. Now may the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.